Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Andrew Dickinson and Father Michael Kapperman here. They're in the uh, Aberdeen area, and they're going to tell us about how it's, they're under a new model, basically, of pastorate up there. And they're going to tell us how that's been going. So it's a really interesting conversation. I hope you'll stick around for it. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. For some biblical bites with Doctor B. It's just my my Sunday is not complete if you don't get in the. I know the biblical NPR bites with Doctor B. Biblical bites with Doctor B. And we have Mr. Casey Bassett. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I know that he snuck in a crazy hello last yeah. week. Who knows? Which I did not know about. Who knows how that's going to really so yes, sound? We, yes, that could be anything. Actually, it's probably going to be a little mousy. Hi. Right. Right. Probably. So just listen for Casey's hello every week, and let's yep. just see what happens. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Did you say this already on the air? I did not. Uh, it's the 22nd Sunday It is indeed Sunday the 22nd time. Sunday in order time, which means how many weeks till Christmas? I don't care. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> it's so, still August. Know, well, I, yes, it's still August. It's still August. So I want to focus today um, and want to dive right in the second reading. So... Um, Longtime listeners to Catholic Views and Biblical Bites know that uh, for Sunday, our Sunday readings, first reading, Psalm, Gospel are all thematically connected in mm-hmm. some way. The second reading is a semi continuous reading from uh, almost always a New, a New Testament document right. other than the Gospels. Renee, what New Testament text have we been hearing from? See, you knew the second. You knew what Sunday it was in ordinary time, but do you recall? Now, this—I don't know if I. I mean, like it, it's hard to remember when you're not at mass. Saint Paul, is it Colossians? Uh, I think it may have been sooner, but for a few weeks now, we've been in Hebrews. Oh, so wow! I've really been paying attention. He's, at church, uh, you're as bad as me, and we dare to say <laughs> right, exactly oh, every Sunday. Mass we literally say that every, every week. Mass. Um, <laughs> so Hebrews, Hebrews is one of the most theologically complex uh, documents, frankly, in all of the Bible, certainly in the New Testament. Yeah, I've heard people say Hebrews is like their favorite. Really? Always, yeah, I've heard different people say that. And I was like, That's okay. fascinating. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's one that you really, you know, Bible study, well, you really need to study Hebrews to get out of it with there. But the second, so we haven't really addressed it, but this this weekend's reading from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, it's really, really I like it a lot. Don't so go I wanna, too fast. I want to give. I'm going to give it a quicker read, so okay. we get through all of it in the time that we have today, and then talk about it a bit. Brothers and sisters, you have not approached that that which could be touched, and a blazing fire, and gloomy darkness, and storm, and a trumpet blast, and a voice speaking words such as those who heard begged that no message be further addressed to them. So again, it starts with, you have not approached that that which could be touched, and a blazing fire, and da 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 da. No, you have approached Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and countless angels in festal gathering and the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven and God, the judge of all and the spirits of the just made perfect and Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. The word of the Lord. I understood all those words. Good job. (laughs) So two parts. You have not approached all that. Right. What could be touched? Blazing fire, gloomy darkness, storm, trumpet blast, voice speaking words such as those who begged, no more, no more, no more. Instead, you have approached Mount Zion, the city of the living God, Holy Jerusalem, so on, countless angels, festival. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? 
Renee, any idea? So the, the the first part, what you haven't approached is Old Testament. Actually, Casey. 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 Uh-oh. Do you have any idea? You have not approached that which could be touched. A blazing fire, a gloomy darkness, a storm, and a trumpet blast, and a voice speaking words. So people are basically saying, no more. Any idea what that's alluding to? Either of you? Renee, do you know? <laughs> like Old Testament we talked about? It is. Moses on Mount Sinai? Ding, 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 whoa, ding, that ding. was that. Whoa. So Exodus, <laughs> 19, at Exodus 19 at Mount Sinai, the people are gathered and God in, 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 in cloud and fire and mm. storm, mm-hmm. the whirlwind makes himself known. And the people are like, Anna, no more. <laughs> like they, they, they're overwhelmed by the grandeur and the glory of God's um, revelation of himself, the theophany and Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. We have not approached the old covenant, which was given through mm. Moses on Mount Sinai. No, you have approached not Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, and the city of the living God. So Mount Zion, what's on Mount Zion? The temple. Uh, which is within the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. So we have approached Jerusalem where Jesus established the new covenant in his blood near the end. The meat, uh, Jesus... And Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. There was blood at Sinai, bull's blood. Mm-hmm. The new covenant, the old covenant was established. But now at Mount Zion, Jerusalem, the new covenant was established. So there's a beautiful contrast here between the old covenant and the new. You have not approached the old. You have approached the new. And the other thing that I just want to emphasize here is, as we're coming to an end here, um, at the mass, this is what happens. We enter into the heavenly city, mm. the new Jerusalem. That's what's present, what we're present to every time we go and celebrate the Holy Mass. Oh, that was some really cool connections. Thanks, Doc. You bet. Uh, with me today, I have uh, by Zoom, not in the studio, darn it, but by Zoom, <laughs> I have Father Andrew Dickinson and Father Michael Kapperman. They are both up in the Aberdeen area. And we're going to talk about what is going on up in Aberdeen, because there have been some changes made up there as far as how the pastors and priests work together um, in the last year. So uh, we brought those two guys in today to tell us about it. So welcome, you guys. Thank you. Uh, Happy to be with you. Good. Thank you for uh, having us. Yeah. um, Father Kapperman, I haven't had you on for, I don't think, since you were ordained. Yes, it's been a while. It's been a while. We've missed you. (laughs) We need to have you on more often. (laughs) Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, so um Father Dickinson, if you will just first describe um what are the changes that were made um it, regarding priests and pastors and the parishes. Sure. So uh as uh your watchers and listeners might or might not know, uh, up in the city of Aberdeen there's two Catholic churches uh in town, uh Sacred Heart uh, which is on the south side of the railroad tracks, St. Mary's on the north side of the railroad tracks. And historically, uh, these parishes have always had, of course, their own pastor uh, and uh, their own priest staffing them and have both have very strong and proud uh, histories and identities uh, going back to their various ethnic roots, the Irish uh, parish of Sacred Heart, the German parish of St. Mary's. Mm. And uh, what Bishop DeGrood uh, asked us to do and asked the parishioners to take part in is to have just a one pastor uh, be assigned to be responsible for both parishes, together with a team of uh, parochial vicars of priests to work with him, 
uh, to provide the sacraments and uh, ministry to the parishes. Okay. And that is also includes the Newman Center up there. Is that right? It does. Is why and uh, Sacred Heart Parish in Westport uh, to uh, fill out the bill at that. Point. Oh, oh, of course. Just throw another one in there, right? <laughs> okay. So um, this is a new way of thinking about how to do parishes here, rather than it's similar to having a linkage, but you're not the only priest running that linkage. Right. Correct. Correct. And so, you know, uh, even like my experience before as a priest where I was uh, the director of the Newman Center in Brookings and also the pastor in White. So in a sense, those two uh, parishes and ministries were sharing the one priest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here uh, it's uh, one priest with that administrative responsibility, myself as the pastor. And then uh, with the three parochial vicars, Father Kapperman, as well as Father Jeff Schulte. Uh, who's starting his second year with us, mm-hmm. and uh, Father Mitch McLaughlin, who was just ordained uh, this past May. Right, right. So he got thrown into the mix. Um, okay, so as far as a pastor, so you you deal with the administrative pieces. You still do some of the sacramental stuff because you obviously say Mass. Um, Without, I need to say Mass every day for my own sake. Right, right, right. So you do, you are in charge of the administrative piece, but that doesn't necessarily mean you do all of the administrative things. Is that right? Uh, well, uh, I do delegate something okay. to the parochial vic- especially like uh, just last week, I took, went with my family on a vacation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the parochial vicars then, you know, would have maybe sign checks or things right. uh, in my absence. But really the weight of uh, the larger decisions uh comes to me. In fact, just uh, just today, Father Schulte uh, brought something to my attention. Oh, hey, someone was asking about something, and uh, it's kind of a tough answer, so you can do it. <laughs> so here it's yours. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I forget which U.S. president it was, but you know the phrase, the buck stops here. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the parochial vicars might be able to pass the buck to me, but eventually I someone has to right. pass the buck on. Right, right. Someone has to make the decision, right? Okay, so... This has been, uh, the implementation was, like, was there a period of time over which this was implemented, or was it done all at one time? Uh, pretty much all at one time, in okay. the sense uh, that Bishop uh, came over through the normal cycle of announcements mm-hmm. uh, for it to happen. And so uh, there's some time and sense to prepare, but uh, Father Michael Griffin, who is uh, the pastor at St. Mary's, while I was the pastor at Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. He was the pastor of St. Mary's all the way until uh, he uh, went to his new responsibility in right. Mowbridge, uh, Eureka, Harriet, and Selby. Right, right. Uh, and so in that, in that sense, all at once, uh, in that regard, in terms of a, a clear uh, beginning uh, to this uh, model. Okay. So has the, has the implementation gone smoothly? Were there hiccups in the beginning? How, how did that all play out? Because Father Kaperman has been with you from the start of that, right? Correct. So okay. he was here uh, as my parochial vicar when I was at Sacred, when I was just the pastor of Sacred Heart. Okay. Uh, and when he was uh, newly ordained. Uh, and so he's been here through it. And I don't know, I feel like it's been pretty smooth. Yeah, it's been, uh, for the most part, the people of God here have been amazing. Uh, so at both parishes, I think part of the reason why it's been so smooth is the laity. Mm-hmm. They've done an amazing job of really stepping up and already they've uh, felt ownership over their parishes because a lot of them this is their third generation family that mm-hmm. have been here for uh, 
decades. So this is their home. And so they really had a lot of involvement. And so they uh, made the transition really easily or really easy for us. I think the hardest part for me anyways about the transition is now seeing all of the aspects of ministry um, that we've got everything from birth to death and everything in between mm-hmm. pretty much any possible uh, any ministry possibility for our diocese we have just in one assignment. And so part of the overwhelmingness of it is uh, seeing like, okay, uh, we have another couple, for example, a couple of calling in for marriage prep. Well, if it was just our parish, I might just take it and answer it. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, I also have to acknowledge there's three other priests and we have to ask the question like, okay, who's going to take this? Because we also have a Newman Center. We also right. have a K through 12 Catholic school system. There's also funerals that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding the proper um, workload balance has taken a little bit of time just because now you're seeing even more of ministry. Mm-hmm. So just making sure like, okay. I, uh, there's three other priests working alongside me instead of just one other priest. Right. That's If I could just follow up with that, uh, Renee, I think that's a, a great point by Father Kaepernick about some of the uniqueness of Aberdeen in that way, that whole uh, the sense of his phrase, I think you said the, the full gamut or the broad gamut of uh, Catholic ministry. You know, you could be at a very large parish in, in Sioux Falls, maybe equal size, even some bigger size than all the families we have here. But, you know, there, they specialize of who does ministry to Augustana and Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. They specialize who does the hospital ministry uh, in those ways. Uh, they have a, a unified cemetery, unified school board, uh, all those things. We're here, uh, all those responsible. There's no one but the four of us uh, to handle that. Might not be as uh, large of scale mm-hmm. as something, you know, like the size of South Dakota State at the Newman Center where I was before, but we still have. Uh, colleges that we need to be attentive to between presentation and Northern State. Right. Uh, Seems like it's a really good training grounds for new priests because you literally are going to see everything. Uh, It's definitely a baptism by fire. (laughs) Uh, I know Father Mitchell just recently coming in. I mean, he had everything pretty much in the first month. He had funerals, Mm -hmm. he had hospital visits, he had homebound masses. Um, he had baptisms. Uh, he's now getting the first experience of the transition from summertime to school. Oh, school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's, I mean, he's been experiencing it all. So it's been fun uh, being along with him where he's like, oh, we also do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would just expect some really fantastic priests to be coming out of Aberdeen after a couple of years of being there then. <laughs> so people have got to do their best to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, has there been a really challenging part? Like there's four of you up there and you're all kind of living in the same place. I, I guess I'm not sure how that's going, but. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would say, I think uh, in terms of priestly life, uh, it's been maybe more challenging for me because I lived uh, for 11 years on my own mm-hmm. uh, at the Newman Center and I didn't have a roommate. Uh, the rectory was kind of my place, uh, my shelter. I've had a, tough day or a busy thing, I could go there and get away. Whereas uh, now I've got uh, three roommates. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I uh, could have a, a busy morning with strong meetings. Oh, I just need to go over to the rectory, give me 30 minutes, just kind of relax, make some lunch, kind of reset a little bit. And I walk in the kitchen. Hey, how you doing? You're like, don't talk <laughs> to me. Yeah. I, I believe I actually said that. Those words uh, are direct quote. <laughs> We do not have a camera up there, I swear. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny because that's a trial for him. But for me as an extrovert, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. 
every time that's actually one of the graces I've been sharing with parishioners is like, I know that every time I go back to the rectory, there's usually somebody to talk to. And right. it's a great way to uh, process throughout the day. So for some extroverts, it's a dream. For some introverts, it's a nightmare. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys will find a way to work through it somehow. Is it? I hope it's at least a big rectory where you have a little, a little space. It is. It oh, is. Good. It, it, it's, it's well suited both for communal uh, activities as well as uh, having space. Uh, thanks be to God. And so both rectories are really uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we chose St. Mary's Rectory uh, partially because I was coming from Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. So people knew me as a Sacred Heart pastor and I thought they'd be a good symbol. Uh, oh, yeah. Sacred Heart trying to take over St. Mary's, but rather it's this cooperative uh, effort between the two parishes maintaining their distinct identities. But also St. Mary's uh, had a little better layout in some ways for that communal mm. life yeah. uh, that we also want to foster. Even introverts want to have communal life. Right, right. At least some. We just like to leave earlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> one, one thing to piggy off of uh, that answer, one challenge I mentioned, the idea of like you see everything. And so the temptation is like to be overwhelmed uh, by all that's happening. But another uh, unique challenge is just helping to foster the unique identity of each parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Sacred Heart is still Sacred Heart. St. Mary's is still St. Mary's. The Westport, uh, Sacred Heart and Westport is still Sacred Heart and Westport. And so part of the unique challenge has been also making sure that we're doing uh, due justice to the individuals there and to the parishioners and their vision, uh, how they want uh, their parish to uh, the activities in their parish and how can we help foster them and not just make it, you know, a blank white slate that everybody's doing the exact same thing. Right. Yeah, I was just going to, I'll let you jump in here, Father Dickinson, but I was just going to ask that, like, is, do the parishes do activities together? Do they do them separately? Is there a little of both? How does that work? You know, I, uh, they do mostly, uh, I mean, historically they've done them all separate mm-hmm. right? because they're very, uh, proud and strong histories right. in that way. Um, but you know, part of the challenge in, uh, to Father Kaplan's comment is, you know, he and I both came here in the midst of COVID, right? mm-hmm. in July yes. yes, you know, when uh, there was really nothing going on in so many of the parishes, you know, a lot of that momentum and maybe a lot of other parishes, even without going through a process like ours, maybe experience this, mm-hmm. uh, what is our identity? Mm-hmm. So many things that we used to do, well, maybe we can't do it. Maybe we can't have a bazaar this fall or whatever it might be. Um, and so that has been part of that challenge is how do we help them find that identity when they themselves uh, maybe have been shaken in that identity due to the experience of of COVID. Right. Um, but we are seeking to find some ways of those opportunities for some cooperation. Mm-hmm. Um, something's still kind of in the work in the background. But, you know, for sure, uh, between our um, uh, some of our youth ministries, uh, St. Mary's with Sarah Barstead uh, really has a lot of gifts and feels uh, a, a real... Uh, talent and uh, with some of the, the younger uh, youth groups, like seventh, eighth, maybe ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Escro at uh, Sacred mm-hmm. Heart uh, has a real passion and a, a affinity for the ministry for those uh, maybe 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Sure. And so making some of those divisions and trying to funnel them towards those areas of that kind of one uh, Catholic vision in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, okay. So, what kind of fruits have you seen from this, especially from parishioners? Um, you guys kind of talked a little bit about your living arrangements and your and your 
kind of how that's worked for you guys. But how is it going for the parishioners? I know one of the uh, comments I hear quite often is, uh, I love this uh, new um, uh, way of doing ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, in particular, they don't feel ashamed for going over the tracks. So like, oh, good. <laughs> because St. Mary's Mass times might fit in their schedule as a family mm -hmm. that week. They might cross the tracks and they love it because they don't feel like they left their parish. Right. They still see the priests that they love. Um, and so it's been, I think the parishioners have loved it where there's been a greater freedom to say like, to be able to cross the tracks, to go to the other parish um, and still feel like they're at home. Right. Right. That's really important. I think, especially in a place like that, where uh, now I haven't, I haven't been to Aberdeen in many years, but the way I understand it, these parishes are actually pretty close to each other. And, um, right, right. That seems crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but you know, even in, I grew up in Watertown and there's two parishes there and it's very much, you know, this is my parish and this is your parish and we don't like cross. So have you seen greater unity? I've seen steps towards it. You know, okay. I mean, it's one year in yep. and also, um, I don't feel like it's something that I want to force because right. I, you know, I, I still want each parish to develop and continue to grow in their own identities, you know, as pastor. And that was part of, uh, from day one, uh, any address or word that I'd have for the parishioners was no, I want, you know, St. Mary's to be the best St. Mary's. It can be mm -hmm. sacred heart to the best sacred heart. It can be sacred heart Westport, the Newman center. Um, and so I haven't wanted to force, um, a unity just for the sake of creating a unity. Right, right. That way. Let's, let's, let's do the ministry, let's do the governance and things, but let's just see where some things, where some things go. And I think you know, some of the fruits aren't per se uh, tangible things of a structure or a mission. It's really more in uh, the spirit of the town. Yeah. That way. And it's, it's maybe hard for someone who didn't live in Aberdeen mm -hmm. uh, to know, but really, it, it, you know, people used to joke that a mixed marriage was between a St. Mary's and a Sacred Heart parish. <laughs> you know, uh, people would move to uh, the other side of the track, and the parish secretary used to send them a thing saying, well, no, you have to register at the other parish now. Oh, my. <laughs> there's parishioners who would go and get a P.O. box then for their uh, parish address. <laughs> they still stay with uh, the, the parish that they loved in that way. Sure. Um, so seeing some of that softening, Right. Um, is is really wonderful. And people just open to even have conversations of cooperation mm -hmm. that maybe they wouldn't have been open to in the past. Right. So I think some of those more more tangible fruits are going to come uh, come up further along, but we're, we're very much preparing the ground for it. All right. So how has the this particular arrangement helped you be better priests? I know for me, uh, one of the things that's been so helpful, granted, going back to the extrovert thing, uh, it's just the gift of having other priests in the rectory to uh, process things with and just have good friendship. Um, the other priests, they each have their different habits, and, uh, different things that they do, and it's helpful. It's been helpful for me uh, to kind of keep a more realistic schedule. Mm -hmm. um, just seeing the other priests at the rectory and how they live life, it's uh, been good for me to uh, not keep working all the time and actually see the other priests' habits and then also just have brothers in the house that, you can chit chat with, you can talk with, you can laugh with, you can grab something to eat with. Um, so for me, it's been very um, healthy uh, just having other priests or more priests around. Right. And, you know, and for myself, uh, having been a priest for longer than any of these three put together, um, I think 
one time we did the math and we'd have to work together as priests for 28 years uh, for their combined priestly ministry to surpass mine. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> and, but, um, you know, for, for me, it's uh, from the, from the, the living, just even as, uh, being a pastor with more responsibilities, I've seen an exponential increase and responsibilities that I have as a priest mm-hmm. in the past uh, uh, two, three years. Um, so that's certainly uh, asked more of me uh, in that way. And then from, from the brotherhood, you know, each of the, the priests I've worked with last year, Father Tim Cohn was here inside of Father Mitchell McLaughlin. And just, you know, with their various gifts, their abilities, uh, where their interests are, it's just great for me to see other people's strengths uh, because... Uh, it helps me to know that it's uh, and, and be affirmed in uh, delegating, elevating, looking for that uh, those resources of others uh, to make sure all the ministerial needs of the people of God get met. Right, right. Do you think that this this model can work in other places? I mean, they're doing similar things in Mitchell and Yankton. Um, do, do you see it being able to work in other places in the diocese? I think so. I think, you know, it really comes down to that generosity of the people of God, which Aberdeen uh, and Westport have uh, uh, been so generous with. Uh, but I think, you know, South Dakotans were kind of practical people, and so some of that comes uh, almost second nature to us, uh, despite maybe our parochial trends uh, from time to time. We want to be a little territorial. Um, but, no, I think this can work both from the priest side and from the parish side. That's good to hear. uh, I know for me, like when I think about this, I think that there's kind of three things that uh, work together. If these three things are found, it can really easily work. One is just a clear vision, like for both the people and the priest to know what's the goal. Um, And the goal is in competition, uh, like for competition's sake, the goal is uh, to help foster um, zeal for our Lord throughout this city. Um, And then, a priest who is able to delegate well and encourage and foster up uh, people in their own vocation, and then a laity that um, desires uh, to uh, have ownership over their parish. Um, I know Aberdeen, it's just been a perfect storm for all of those things. And I think that if a community has those three things, uh, it can really flourish in this uh, model. Well, those are some great insights, Father Kapperman. Uh, thanks for laying that out, because that actually is is really a hopeful vision for um, when parishes do need to share a pastor, that that can work uh, really well. So thanks for laying that out. Um, anything else you guys want to say about your situation up there? Yeah, just so incredibly grateful for God's providence, um, you know, kind of leading us down this path. And that's something we didn't get a chance to dig into, uh, but just of how God even laid some things in the groundwork years before uh, bishop group was even our bishop, and this idea was even in his mind. Right, right. I know that came, we we don't have a ton of time, but I know that came together in that One Vine, Many Branches event that was up there recently. Yeah. And that was really a beautiful thing to see, to see all of Aberdeen and the area kind of come together as Catholics. And I, I heard a lot of really great things about it. Well, thank you guys very much for coming to to tell us about what's happening up there. I really appreciate it, and I hope it continues to go well. All right, if you haven't found us yet on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at YouTube at SF Diocese and now also on Rumble. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.